Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Exploring Storytelling. I am your host, Nehemiah Feliciano, and today we are going to be diving into another episode of Storytelling with Pixar. And today we are going to be talking about the black sheep of the Pixar canon, Cars. Now, growing up, this was probably actually my favorite Pixar movie. Over time, that's changed, but it was the one I watched the most when I was a kid. And I'm actually really, was really excited to rewatch it and felt a lot of nostalgia while I was rewatching it and, you know, all that fun stuff. But before we jump into the episode, I just want to uh, say something really quick. Make sure to leave a rating and review to help this podcast grow in listeners. Um, I'd really appreciate it. So leave a rating and review wherever you listen from. And that's highly appreciated to help this podcast grow. Let's get to the episode. So finally, we get to discuss Cars. And Cars has always been like, like I said, the black sheep of the Pixar films, meaning most people prefer others. A lot of people say that Pixar has done way better, which I agree. And that it's, you know, it's it's kind of just meh for a Pixar film. If it was by any other studio, it would be a hit. And, and you know, it, it was a hit, but like it didn't have the, it doesn't have the same Pixar flair that most of the other films have, which I could see where people are coming from. But as a kid, this was my favorite. And, you know, I think a lot of little, little kids, this is their favorite one because, you know, if you like cars, race cars, this is kind of a really fun movie. And, um, you know, I got like nostalgia watching it again. So that was fun. Um, yeah. So as, as a kid, that was my favorite. And I kind of went through a stage where I would rewatch a Pixar movie um, again and again. And I went through Cars was the first one that happened to me with. But like I I did it with Wally. I did it with Ratatouille. So, you know, a couple, couple ones that I, I uh, rewatched over and over again. But, um, you know, Cars is a simple movie. It's not trying to be anything super complex or even something super, like, compared to some of Pixar's other works, super artistic and cinematic like Wally or Ratatouille. It's just trying to be a good, fun movie, and I think it succeeds at doing that. The movie has a pretty simple message, a simple positive character arc from a queen. Um, compared to the other Pixar movies, Cars doesn't stand out nearly as much, which I think is why people um, think it's not as good as the other ones. Um, but, you know, the movie does have a lot of charm, and I, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, but why why did Pixar have so much faith in this particular story? And that's kind of what I always ask myself. Well, if people don't really like it, you know, Pixar's ne- Pixar is never just... Even when they've done bad movies, um, which very rarely they have, they, they've never really, I'd say the only movie they really felt to me like they were doing something as a studio rather than an artistic creative voice um, was with Cars 2, which, you know, I could see that. But, but I think this movie actually uses its side characters really well, um, better than some Pixar films that um, I know even some of the, some of the great ones. And, um, I talked a little about this in my Finding Nemo episode, so I'm not gonna, you know, go too much into that, but 
I feel like Cars uses side characters in a little bit different way than Finding Nemo did. Um, so the way the side characters complement McQueen is the best thing about Cars. And I, I want to point out a few characters specifically. There are a lot of colorful characters in this movie, characters that stand out for sure, like um, anyone from Luigi and Guido. You know, they're so funny. Little comedic duo there. You have Mater. Mater's really funny too. Uh, you have, um, you know, some of the Flo and Ramon that have like kind of cool, stylish um, design to their, to their cars. So there's like a bunch of fun characters in this movie that I think give it a nice flavor to it. When, when you watch it. Um, but I think that the ones that stand out the most to me in regards to how they elevate McQueen's character are Doc, Sally, Chick, and the King, and even Mater. Um, I chose them specifically because they work really well to further McQueen's character arc and also serve as reflections of his character and different different dynamics that you know he, he's struggling with in the first act um and the different directions his life could take after he lands in radiator springs and the uh, depending on what choice he he makes and is going to make um you could see how his life might look like another character's life which i think is a really interesting aspect to this movie to this movie um so Sally, well, I'm going to talk about Sally first. Uh, Sally is a manifestation of what McQueen's life might look like if he stayed in Radiator Springs, forgot about racing, and kind of just settled into um, to life with his friends. And McQueen, you know, he's a rookie, and and he wants to he wants to be famous. He wants to have all this fame and and win all these races, but that's more of like an outer an outer desire um i'll I'll say um it is a desire of his and he does very desperately want it it's his main goal in the movie his main desire but another kind of sub desire that he has is to have friends and have connections and make connections with people and at first he doesn't really recognize that because in the first act he doesn't really care um but as he gets to Radio Springs and like he starts to think about his life, he realizes that he's alone. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have really family. And he kind of secretly, almost in a secret way, if, if you pay attention in the movie, he kind of secretly wants that and, and longs for that in a way that he can't fully explain, which is why he kind of stays a little bit instead of just leaving right away um, in, in Radio Springs. And so Sally is kind of the manifestation of that. She she is what McQueen, kind of a similar, like a mirror image of what McQueen would look like if he decided to stay in Radiator Springs and, and give up racing. And and Sally was kind of, um, she wasn't a race car, but uh, the reason she's kind of a reflection of that is because it talks about how she was kind of living in the fast lane. She was an attorney in... in um, in Vegas, she was an attorney, I think, or something, LA, something like that, they were saying. <laughs> she was an attorney, um, and she was really, you know, she was rich, she had all this money, she, you know, she was living life in the, life in the fast lane, as she said in the movie, I think. And so she she chose to stay in Radiator Springs because that life wasn't 
fulfill, fulfilling for her. So that's kind of why I compare Sally and McQueen in that in this uh, in this way. Um, Chick Chick Hicks is a manifestation of what McQueen would look like if he continues on his path of selfish ambition. So here we have kind of two different contrasting um, manifestations of what McQueen's life could look like. One with Sally positive and the other with Chick negative, which I think is kind of a really interesting dynamic between um, the characters and, and McQueen. And so Chick, you know, he doesn't care about anyone but himself and um, people eventually don't like him. Even after he wins the Piston Cup at the end, people don't like him. Why? Because McQueen did a selfless thing, and Chick is over there in his in his glory, like he, he would say, and no one no one appreciates him because he's not, you know, he's not a nice guy. He's a selfish, ambitious selfish ambition. He doesn't care about anyone, and people have started to realize that about him because he's, you know. McQueen's a rookie, you know, so he's a little younger and people are more taken with him. But if McQueen were to continue down that path, um, I think he'd end up like, like Chick, which I think is an interesting um, an interesting reflection, like look into his future of like what different paths he could take. Now, Doc Hudson works as a mentor and also as a manifestation of what the king could have become if McQueen didn't sacrifice his glory to help him, a bitter old man. Now, this is a little bit different because Doc and the kings kind of, um, they're, they more mirror each other than they mirror McQueen. And so the way McQueen plays into that is by helping the king and Doc teaching him about life kind of in a broken, as like a broken mentor type role, um, it, it, it sets up McQueen's character arc. So it's a little bit less of a reflection of McQueen like Sally and 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 uh, Chick, where Sally and Chick are reflections of what McQueen's life might look like. And Doc and the King are reflections of what, um, of how McQueen impacts people and how, like, if he chooses, how, the repercussions of whatever choice he makes at the end of the film, will the effect it'll have on other people, the effects it could have on other people, like um, Doc and the King. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic there, and I found that really interesting. And so, um, so yeah, Doc the King, and I, I even mentioned Mater earlier. Mater is a reflection of his repercussions toward his actions toward other people, and then um, Sally and Chick are reflections of what he might look like in the future, depending on what choice he makes. And so those are all sorts of interesting dynamics, interesting things um, that make cars. Like as I was watching it, I was like, huh, this has some really interesting side character dynamics more than I have ever realized before. And that's, yeah, I thought that that's interesting. So I think that Pixar kind of went with this because it had like an interesting take on side characters. And that, that's just my my opinion, my take on it. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of the the reflections. And Mater, um, I, yeah, I didn't get, get to Mater. So uh, kind of these characters serve McQueen's character arc and, and they tease the different directions his character could take. And another reflection way that reflects the way McQueen treats people is uh, Mater and why he needs to change his behavior. 
uh, Mater's a rusty old car. And in the beginning of the movie, McQueen talks about how he despises rusty cars because they aren't great for his image. Again, him not caring about people, but only himself. And despite having given him his big break, he can only think of Dynaco and the glory he'll have if he were to, um, if he were to work, uh, work for Dynaco. So his relationship with Mater kind of makes him realize the way he treats people is wrong and um, rusty cars, the way he treats rusty cars is wrong and something, he has to do something about it to change his actions. And that's kind of his relationship with Mater, how it works. And so it's, it's interesting that he becomes best friends with Mater, you know, because he kind of thought, oh, these guys are cheap. I don't like these guys, like bad for my image. It's interesting that he becomes best friends with Mater. And I think that's like a really interesting um, idea. So I think Cars has a lot of interesting ideas, um, but overall, it just doesn't have the same charm as some of the other Pixar films. And I think that's why people um, people kind of dismiss it sometimes. I think it's severely underrated, though. And um, so yeah, I think this is this is a really good Pixar movie. And uh, you know, the town Radiator Springs allows him to realize that. You know, he longs for much more than fame and glory. You know, like I said, um, McQueen's dynamics with other characters is really well done in this in this movie. And so I think these dynamics make Cars a fun, interesting Pixar film and one that is severely underrated, to be honest. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun making it. Um, if you want to support this podcast and help me get get it out there, uh, just leave a rating, written review and rating on wherever you listen to. It helps people find it and it helps it grow in listeners. Also, if you want to ask me questions or give me a future podcast idea for a future episode, you can email me at exploringstorytelling at gmail.com. Um, if you want to reach me, you can also reach me on Twitter, um, at right Nehemiah, W R I T E Nehemiah. And you can also send in voice messages to this podcast. Um, there should be a link wherever you're listening to, there should be a link to send in voice messages and I will add a segment to the show. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I can add a segment to the show if I get enough voice messages um, where I can answer voice messages, answer questions, all that cool stuff. So send in your voice messages, send in your opinions, send in your ideas. I love to hear it. I might make a segment on the show where I can answer some questions. I think that'd be really cool. So thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you soon on Exploring Storytelling.